<laughs> perfect. A perfect way to kick things off. <laughs> Good morning. It's Bruce, Judy, and Miranda playing the role of DJ Cheese this morning. And what a, a fine musical selection. Start with a little celebration. It is a celebration. Hashtag old normal is upon us. We are five hours and 35 minutes into phase five or old normal. Back to partying like it's 2019. Let's go back in the day. You guys remember 2019? Feels like 10 years ago. Feels like 10 years ago, not just 15 months. I forgot how to party. Well, you better get up on, get on your party horse, so to speak, because uh, it is going down now. I will be the first to admit, and I'm, I was walking around yesterday, wandering around the mean streets of Streeterville, being a Streeter villain that I am. I don't know what what's going to change. If I am a normal resident of Illinois, if I am a city dweller in Chicago, fully reopened, phase five, does it actually mean anything? Will you notice anything different today, Judy? Well, certainly, we were just looking at the ballparks. I mean, if you're going to a baseball game, you certainly will, because it'll be full capacity. If you're going but to full a, capacity, you know, doesn't mean uh, like the, the Cubs sell out all the time, right? Yeah, but if you've gone to a game right. up to today, it's been like sixty. By the way, my son keeps sending us pictures. He's gone to I don't know five Cub, Cubs right. games in the past five days. Um, if you've gone, it's. I went to a Sox game two weeks ago. Yeah, there are seats everywhere. You there? Yeah, but not, I thought that were, was a normal Sox game. Oh gosh, no! It's always. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. Right, right, well, right. I, the Sox maybe, but no, I think the Cubs. You're right, sell out. Sell so out. for people who've gone to games this season so far, and they go to a game today, it will be absolutely packed. Same with you know businesses, events, conventions, amusement yeah. parks. I mean, if you've gone to any of these places. Pools, for example. Pools. They've been like community uh, like, pools. Yeah, my community pool, it's been reservation only. And you get a reservation, go to the pool? Yep. Two hour, they give you two hour increments and you can sign up. Mm-hmm. Good luck. They were all taken anyway. Um, so today is the first day wide open. You can just go. Just you know, show up right. and you can hang out right. in the pool. And think okay. about even restaurants, you know, there have been there were restrictions. Today, baby, we're all open. As the as the governor said, feel the joy. <laughs> Feel the joy. from Lion King. Let's feel the love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feel the joy. Akuna Matata. N- not to, not to uh, uh, dampen it by any stretch. Because uh. I'm, no, I'm fine with it. Are any of the mask rules going to change today? No. Like, well, what, you know what I mean? Well, places that, that Thursday said you got to wear a mask. Well. Will Friday be... No mask, because like I'm sure some private businesses will. May they might that this might be Miranda, their cue. Miranda and I had this debate mm-hmm. walking in this morning into the beautiful NBC towers. Mm-hmm. I said, "Do we have to wear a mask in NBC Tower today?" Yes or no? And yes. she goes, "I think we do." So we yeah. put our masks on to walk in the front door. I asked yesterday on my way out, uh-huh. and I this is how I asked: "So no mask tomorrow?" Yeah, and, they went. and the guy's <laughs> like, "Yeah." They even the have building. the sun. I, I, that he didn't know it, but he even it's the, even it's the person at the front desk. No, I don't think yeah, they would know. and it's even he was job. like, "I know." He said, "We haven't heard otherwise." Yeah, but yeah, you I, see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like okay, so it's it's hashtag old normal. Everything's reopened, but there's still this lingering fear. I, I I think it's unfounded. That's me, but this lingering fear that Bruce, being fully vaccinated, walking from the front door of the building into the elevator is somehow going to spawn a new pandemic. Yeah. Horse I, hockey. It's not going to happen. I don't understand it. It's the only place and I have the only to wear a mask. In the lobby. 
Yeah, and I don't know There's if nobody it's, else. Is it like the venue, this being a very big building, and there's there are different types of people here, different groups? I don't think so. Well, there are is you a, sure it's not? <laughs> Indian? I, it might be. Turkey, South Korea, Kazakhstan. The flags are flying right here, oh, over okay. there. You can see yeah, the flag. I don't know that I would know the flag, but... It, even, Can I point uh, out, but by even the way, if it's that not I India, didn't know Kazakhstan was a real country until I saw the sign. Me either. Really? I thought it was a made-up country from Borat. Mm-hmm. Until oh you gosh. said something and pointed it out, I and I'm like, the it's the thing. Kazakh consulate, <laughs> and I'm like, what, they have a, that's a real place. I keep waiting for Borat to show up in the lobby. He hasn't been here. Interesting. Well, everyone looks like him. There is a. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people looking. So, but yeah, even beyond, <laughs> it's it, it might be just the the private. Entities and you know a high rise building. But don't they you just think might... a lot of people are th- the mindset? Do you have th- to wear your mask in your building? Yes, okay. they still and they even put the signs back up because I'm guessing a lot of people were thinking, "Oh yeah, all bets are off." They, and so masks the, were flying out the windows yeah, in your big building. There like the they have what, what do you call them? The uh, uh, like stanchion, like a you know a mobile sign, like on a metal post. And I noticed them back up saying. You must be masked in public yeah. areas in my in my building. Now, I break the law. The minute I get in the elevator, boom, off it comes. If I'm by myself the in the elevator, elevator of all places, I take it off. Well, I don't care. <laughs> I might admit it. I take it off, and I but I walk I, from the front door, the spinny door, yeah, to the elevator. I wear my mask in my building because I, they say I have. And I bring that up because you just wonder. So your building, condo building, yeah, yeah there's an association. Maybe some people said, hey. I'm not vaccinated. Yeah, I'm not I comfortable. I, yeah, but that could be. That's this their problem. Building, they should move. Maybe some of the consulates said, hey, our people aren't vaccinated and aren't getting vaccinated. So we need But that's their, but that's why we've gotten know. into this before. That's a yeah, their problem. I'm with, I'm finally with you guys, but yeah. I'm just saying that might Dear be a reason. Turkish consulate. Yeah. It was nice knowing you. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> There's going to be some empty parking spots if you guys all get the COVID. Oh, I don't I know what to tell about you. That. Oh, they yeah. park right up front, don't they? They do that all the time. So we're back to, again, some version of old normal. Things are reopening in some way, shape, or form. Um, Navy Navy Pier has been doing this, what do you call it, like phased? Re- they had their own phases. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they weren't Navy our Navy Pier is its own city. So we had like, we, we went through phase <laughs> like whatever, Rome. and we're at phase five. I don't know. Navy Pier is at like phase 28 or some crap. And <laughs> now they are at the point where... They're pretty much back to wide open. Well, can you go inside? Is yes. The, okay, so yes. that's where that was the difference, I think. Because they have like these, uh, I don't want to belittle it, like a food court is on the inside. There's it's a got lot, a whole bunch of little a, restaurants and things. There's a lot of stuff on the inside. You know, yeah. there's the big yeah. restaurants, I'll call them the anchor restaurants yeah. and the hotel, but then there's some areas where there's inside. Yeah. What else is inside Navy Pier? Because I haven't been able to go in. There's and kiosks really? and there are... Um, there's a venue... Yeah, there's a yeah, uh, like a that. greenhouse like, upstairs. Beautiful. Yeah, you really? can go up there. I, I think it's. I, I need to get out get more a often. Apparently, but it's more than that. There's, there's a theater. There's a place you can go, like a I don't know what you not a museum, but there's a stained glass exhibit. There are all uh, these exhibits. exhibits. Yeah. It. Okay. Oh gosh, in the winter they have a ton of they they change it up. So I I okay. don't know what they have in the summer. Worth Maybe another a trip pool. down to down to down Maybe to there's Navy a pool Pier. inside. Oh. And. My, I, I cannot wait to go there. Um, what looks like is going to be my favorite part of Navy Pier, that rooftop bar, yeah. restaurant and bar. Uh, oh, uh, my gosh. Offshore, I believe it's called. It offshore. looks fantastic. Yeah. When did they get rid of Bubba Gum Shrimp? 
Oh, it's not yeah, that. I'm, that was the anchor restaurant. I yeah, it. they got rid of it. It's permanently closed. There's a Jimmy Buffet there. Well, permanently there's closed a, might just Billy have Goat. been for for COVID. There's a there's a there's a Mexican restaurant. I forgot the name of it. Wow, you have been there quite a bit. Yeah, there's a rainbow cone stand. Wow. Come on, I know where the rainbow cone stand is. I'm dumb. I'm not That's stupid. That's outside though, right? Sake. Yeah, it's right yeah. there. It's like a kiosk yeah. almost. Right. But those have been the things that have been open. open. That and the place where you can get t-shirts and hats. That's and what about the, the what time. about the boats? Are the boats all anchored yeah. and yeah. you can go? Yeah. You can get on a a tour excursion right. boat or the fast one. Oh, the, there's the Children's Museum, which is a fantastic. Is it just museum. a bunch of little kids in glass jars? Like, how does that work? Yes, and you walk around, you look at them, and they're crying to get out, and you don't have to seems take them. Seems a little creepy for a children's museum. No, it's really, really good. That's one of my favorite museums. I know what children look like already. We are at. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, we're taking Bruce there. Just we're going to, to the children's museum. You know what? You will become a child it. if you go there. That's how good it is. I've never been, so let's go. Oh. Done. <laughs> you know me, Miranda. My favorite part, the waterworks. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I'll keep that you in mind. Soaked. But that's just Navy Pier. I mean, we know that the um, um, the shed is having extended hours. Oh, 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 hoping field to enti- field, enticing people to come back. It's hashtag old normal and get back to it. I, st- I still get back to the fact that I think that today, maybe more so than than any day in recent history, more and more places are going to be having the mask debate as people heard the news. Not just from us. I mean, we're hardly, I mean, we're talking about reality. Phase five, fully reopened. Right, and well, that to people means the mask is gone. The social distancing is gone. Fully reopened is old normal. I've moved on. I think that's what the mindset is. I will tell you officially, phase five. Masks will not be required for vaccinated individuals except... Well, you- where required by federal, state, or local law. That's the official How am I word. supposed to know the difference with all of this? <laughs> Good morning, Miranda's in place of DJ Cheese today. We've got uh, Judy. I'm Bruce. And, you know, as part of hashtag old normal, people probably heading out to the beaches, heading out to Lake Michigan, right? And what you may notice, Judy, is that uh, the water levels are a little higher the door. So that just means less beach. <laughs> the water's- right, right. Right? Well, actually, I'm just reading a story that says the levels are now um, a foot lower. Oh. Because in 2020, they were at a record high, but still high. Still high. Yeah, and it's because of a drought, because of the drought. Rainfall is now affecting it in a good way because it, it needs to go down. I mean, we. But I, I, I thought we needed rain. Which is it? Yes, we need rain. I'm saying because of a lack of rain. Right. Yeah, let me think about this. Rain would, yeah, because of a lack of rain, the water levels are lower. Right. Yeah. So, which is good, but yeah, it's a drought. We need rain. Sorry, Lake Michigan, and we can afford it if we're down a foot. But I like last year and the year before on the Michigan side, there are entire beaches gone, gone because no the water was so high, so high it eroded it, 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 the it beach. It just yep. went ahead and covered there up whatever beach there were homes that got didn't water in fall them. into the lake, but sort of got damaged. Yeah. So I am not a uh, geologist, but I play one on the radio. And I have a, a general idea that there is a finite amount of fresh water on the planet. Okay? Lakes, ponds, rivers. Fresh water. Water you could scoop a cup in and drink it. Not the ocean. Yeah, where's that? Um, not Lake Michigan either. You shouldn't drink Lake Michigan water? Well, Lake Michigan water is delicious. Once it's been processed. So the point being is... It's not salt water. And it's about 
two point whatever percent of all the water on the planet, which may ought to make you think about it. And it moves around. <laughs> so while some places are like, we've got so much water, we, we our beaches are disappearing. We got houses flooding, the rivers overflowing its bank. If that's happening somewhere, somewhere else, people are looking around going, where the hell did all the water go? Currently, right now, in the western United States, where the hell did all the water go? Let me give you an example. Have you guys ever been to the Grand Canyon or yep. or, or up in that area? Okay, mm-hmm. so if you've ever driven up there, and I, obviously I lived in Arizona. If you drive from Phoenix to Las Vegas, you hey, drive. I made that drive. You drive over the Hoover Dam. Yeah. Now, you used to physically drive over the dam. They now built a bridge. You can still go over the dam as like a touristy thing. Because it used to be a bottleneck. It's only one lane in each direction. So Good it used to God, it took me four hours, hours to yeah. go two miles. Now we have a bridge, so it's okay. a little bit better. But Lake Mead is the largest reservoir in the United States. The water in Lake Mead is for Phoenix, Tucson, San Diego, L.A., Vegas. That's the water they use. They're, they're, that's their water system. That's their Lake Michigan. Since the year 2000, the level of the lake has fallen 140 feet. Oh, my goodness. It's The level of the lake has fallen more than the Statue of Liberty is tall. And I've seen it because, again, driving over it and going up there, you can see like the like the white chalky on the side mm-hmm. of the, the and you're like, whoa, whoa. Like, you really notice it when you yeah. get that visual of how far the water... How does this affect you? So, I have friends that... Uh, that it grow. doesn't. I've got, like, Michigan. Yeah. I have friends that grow grapes. Oh. Some make raisins, some growers. make wine. Okay? Shout out to my, my raisin-making friends and my wine-making friends. Apparently, it all comes from grapes. I don't know mm-hmm. what happens in the middle there. <laughs> um, I was just out in, in uh, Napa. Was that last week? I can't remember where I go. Last week, it was in Napa. Um... They were telling me, we are at critical levels to the point that it may start affecting crops, that we won't have water for our grapes. We won't have water for the almonds. We won't have water for the pistachios. We won't have water for the soybeans, et cetera. It's, you start putting all that in there. And we've already talked a lot about, and I think everybody's seen it, the shortages of something. The next ripple, the next wave could be the extreme drought they're feeling california arizona nevada up into oregon even a little bit the extreme drought in the west that will directly affect crops because so much of the water in the west goes for irrigation for farming oh my gosh that's that's that is critical Oranges. think about everything that comes Every, from I mean, yeah. all that stuff that comes out of out of the western united states all of those farmers are scrambling and this has been the battle out west you can imagine this. If there's a finite amount of water, there's only X amount of water, and places and people from Chicago keep moving to Phoenix, keep moving to Las Vegas. And using up all the resources. And the cities get bigger. Well, they need more water. Well, again, it's a finite number. It comes from somewhere. And so this battle out west, I can tell you that that people that understand kind of the western United States know the most valuable commodity is water. Agricultural businesses consume up to 80% of California's water. Yeah. It goes to Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And you're seeing these lake levels. Like, they're getting down 
to where, you know, that used to be a lake. What do you call it now? I don't know, kind of a large puddle. Oh you know, I mean, it's yeah. just they're draining them to some extent. And there's no rain and the, there's no snow to melt and come down out of the uh, Sierra Nevadas or out of the out of the Rockies. And we're starting to see a, a real issue that could have and will have. I'm just kidding. I'm not I'm not trying to wish for harm. I just know from my friends that are in agriculture out west. This is affecting crops, it's affecting the yield, it's affecting how much they can plant, how much they can harvest, because they're having to start rationing water already. And the reservoirs are at low levels, there's no more water to suck out of them. I mean, you know, there's only so much to go around. Yeah. And when the and when you think of Lake Mead, again, if you've ever been to Vegas, one of the things people do in Vegas, it's only 20 minutes outside of Vegas, and you can go ride like jet skis or boats or things on the lake. So they have, um, and we used to go there all the time. They have the, the boat ramp. You've seen that before where you mm-hmm. like, you back your boat yeah. down. The boat ramp is 50 feet from the edge of the water. Like once you get to the end of the boat ramp, you're still nowhere near water. The little uh, piers are completely out of the water, high and dry. Like it, it is, it looks like some sort of apocalyptic landscape. You know, when you look at it and go, this used to be water. And now it's this white chalky dust. Right. You know what that that reminds me a couple years ago in um Wisconsin, um in the Dells, one yeah. of the lakes there. Wisconsin Lake Dells. Delton. Right. Something happened. Um somebody put a straw in it and sucked all the water out. All the water left. It was just this yeah. this mud pit, this right. dry, it was crazy right. to see. I mean I've never seen anything like it. It, now it is since, you know, refilled. Rebuild itself. But yeah. Wisconsin and and I will tell you, having grown up in Chicago, the lake, so it, it happens, you know, it's cyclical, of course. Sure. This does seem more extreme. Like, really? You've never, well, when now. The, the, when, the swings, you of mean? Of course. It's, everything's more extreme, right? The weather is more extreme. But you can tell the lake levels by the, um, the rocks, as we call them. If you grew up in Chicago, you went and you hung out on the rocks. So there are these big, huge, like, boulders, sure. which probably were like some retaining wall at one time. Mm-hmm. So some some years like, like now, the water level yeah, on the rock. exactly. You can't even see the rocks. Other times when the level is so low, you hang out. You you know you sun on the rocks, and there are several levels. Sure, I can these imagine. rocks, yeah. But I haven't seen that in years. I use I use Lake Mead again, again the the border right between Arizona and Nevada, right on the border where where the dam is. There are islands that have Sean. appeared <gasps> when the water That's drops a hundred and forty. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. It, the, the, you know, the land starts to pop up out of the water all of a sudden. You're like, whoa, there was an island out there. Yeah, I mean, because having gone by the dam, it's yeah. the, the amount of water is astounding. It is amazing. Like, I've it's never seen anything it's like it. It's a man-made yeah. lake. I mean, to drive by, and it's yeah. funny because since it took us four hours and the kids were in the car, this is our big trip, I said, um, we are not stopping because we were that was supposed to be our, our right. day trip. I said, we are driving by slowly, so and take look, a good look. Look. But, but I, now you can't I even see the water from the dam. You yeah, can't even see it's oh so my, low. That, you can't even see it's water. It's shocking to me having yeah. seen you have it. To get it is out shocking. And hang over the side. There's oh. still time for our criminal of the day. Don't worry about it. I got to give a shout out to John Walner of Ponal, Vermont. I'm assuming it's Ponal. Ponal, P O W N A L. Let's go with that. Who learned if you're going to lie to the cops, try and keep your story straight and. Somewhat believable, all right? Allegedly, Mr. Walner walked into an emergency room in New York claiming someone shot him in the hand. Hospital staff notified the police believing a crime may have been committed, obviously. Walner told the cops he caught the bullet in the state of New York. When pressed on where, he changed his story to 
maybe I got shot in Vermont before totally <laughs> pivoting to he thought he just really had a bad bee sting that was bleeding and left a hole in his hand. That's a big bee. That is a big that is bee. hilarious. All right. Finally, Mr. Waldner fessed up to having shot himself in the hand while cleaning his gun, although it's still not clear if he winged himself in New York, Vermont, or a yet undisclosed locale. Waldner faces charges of giving false information to law enforcement. So for shooting yourself in the hand and blaming it on a bee, you, John Waldner, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal today. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Good morning to you and a happy Friday. Congratulations you made but, some of you nip and tuck weren't sure you were going to be here but you good on you you got here we're going to jump right into our six o'clock hour taking a look at the big three stories that people are talking about and miranda starts us off chicago aldermen say they still have the votes to rename Ooh. lakeshore drive dusable drive mm. <laughs> boo, still hard no on that. Okay. illinois is open as the state continues to see record low numbers of new cases and positivity rates more than 50% of adults in Illinois now fully vaccinated. Feel the joy, Bruce. Tragedy on the tracks. A high school student, a 16-year-old girl, fell on the CTA Purple Line up in Evanston and was electrocuted. It appears to be completely an accident. Still a tragedy. So yesterday we did a uh, uh, a walking tour of the city. We Okay, full disclosure. Did we, though? Yesterday, uh, Jet's Pizza was our Getting Foodie segment we do at 8.30. And they were giving out free slices of Jet's Pizza to anyone who walked in the door to celebrate hashtag old normal, to celebrate the reopening of the city. Mm -hmm. So we did what any starving radio show would do. We walked over (laughs) to Jet's Pizza and got a free slice. It It was good. It was absolutely delicious. I got the pepperoni. I forgot how good that pizza was. It's good pizza. It really is. I really do like how the cheese goes to the edge and then it gets all crunchy around there. Yeah. It's so good when it touches your lips. The sauce was so light. Okay, see? That's the thing. It's, yeah, it's like. I feel like I'm doing a commercial for Jets. It's it's a thick pizza, but it's very airy. It's very Exactly. It was so good. It's not like a slice of lasagna. No, Mm -hmm. I thought we would have. It was good that we walked the mile or so to walk it off. off But we didn't need to. We didn't need to walk it off. I could have had, you know what? I could have had a couple more slices. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) part of that was we, we, we we walked from over here, NBC Studios to 1.3 miles. We Wells were at and Superior. Wells and Superior. Thank you very much on the corner. And we did get to see you know, a little bit of the city. We were talking about mm-hmm. the fact that we walked down down Michigan, right? And I don't know what the number is, you know, like just in my head going around. 10 to 15% of the stores are closed. Are There's vacant, uh, available now, flagship property, uh, or just a boarded up in the front. And, you know, they put, you can see, like, the outline of what the store used to be up on the wall. They peeled the sign off. Um, well, that's funny, because I noticed most of the stores open. Oh, I noticed I was all the surprised that, yeah, that's, see, this is how we look at life yeah. differently. I know, I and because for me. Used to be a Gap store there, it's well, just a big empty nothing. I haven't, well, yeah, that's true. I haven't walked down uh, downtown in a while, maybe a year. So I was just surprised at the the new store, the the replacements. Like, you and there's still some stores that are that are closed. Yeah. I don't know. There was like a TJ Maxx. It says this TJ Maxx is closed. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's ever going to open up. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what permanently closed means. Because Lowry's, right? We walk past Lowry's. Oh, Lowry's has been closed forever. Right. Yeah. But I mean, do, do you have these big pieces of property 
that are empty. So how are you going to revitalize downtown? How are you going to get the throngs, the crowds, the shoppers, the diners, whatever it might be, back? Well, Mayor Lightfoot says she has a plan. I want to give her some credit, Judy. Before you tell me about this plan, I appreciate that we're thinking about it. I think there's some good ideas in there. But I would say it strikes me as overly optimistic. Really? I I think it's totally doable. The city's calling for closing parts of major streets for entertainment. Now, we just mentioned that we were at the corner of Superior Superior and Wells. And 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 the street was closed. Wells was closed. Yeah, Wells was closed from, yeah, Superior to the And and some of the restaurants had tables Tables out there. I love that idea. They do that in the suburbs, too. They did that in the suburbs during the pandemic. I thought that was going away, though. As we got back to old normal and they could move back indoors. Right. But they're, what they're saying is this may become more of a regular feature. Well, I think and we've been hearing it from restaurateurs we've had on oh, that they have been expanding their outdoor space and they like it. Well, some people it's, choose it, right? right. I'd rather and, sit outside. And the restaurants are doing such a great business that they're they're kind of focusing more on the outside now than the inside. So that's a big thing. And they also, a couple of us told us the city, I didn't realize how unbelievable the city was with their rules and regulations about. You mean accommodating? Accommodating outside. You had to go through so many hoops. But now the city eased those regulations. So again, the restaurateurs are very excited about this. keep using that word. (laughs) So yeah, the city's plan calls for closing parts of major streets, filling vacant storefronts, as you mentioned, boosting big developments, all to, you know, spark this revitalization that we now need because people haven't been here. They don't work here yet. That's that to me is their biggest problem. Yeah. The people, because even when you work downtown, you tend to stay downtown on a lot of nights. It's Mm -hmm. a beautiful night out. You don't go right home. You stay down here. You don't you rush go to, home. You don't no, want to sit in traffic You go and you, you enjoy it. So that to me, you know, that's missing. It's still missing. And we're hearing might be missing for a while, right? We're some companies aren't coming back till September if they even come back. Right. So yeah, um, or to what level they come back, and that's right. a concern as well. And they're right? talking about closing Michigan Avenue, State Street, LaSalle Street. Those that would be pretty ambitious. If yeah. That's the part that you're talking about because closing Wells between Superior and Erie is what big whoop, right? Yeah, exactly. Closing <laughs> closing, closing Michigan. Michigan? But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, is it, though? I don't know. I mean, there seemed to be a lot of traffic. In the 70s. Right. Well, that, it failed because, Ooh. but they closed it down for, that was a total closed down, right? That was only going to be for pedestrians and buses, which I never did understand that part. Okay. That was a full-blown close down, and yes, and it was a whole shopping kind of thing. They wanted to make that like an outdoor shopping mall. I loved the concept, but you're right, Nick. It did not do well, and now it's open again. So, but we'll see. They'll close it down again. They're talking about closing state from Lake to Madison. Um, Turn it into an activity space on, on weekends with bluegrass and jazz music, aerial performances, and... The Joffrey Ballet. Ooh. That's cool. The Joffrey Ballet, they they practice over there. Okay. One of those buildings. So that would be cool. Actually, you can walk there now, and they have big, huge windows. And on certain days, you can look up and see them. Really? Yeah, it's really cool. So what is... <laughs> so maybe the better question... Yeah, the how many stories have we covered there, Nick? The better question is, what is stopping people from coming downtown? What is the barrier? Because cause all this is well and good. And again, this is not me... 
criticizing the plan. I, I, we need it, and I think it's a good idea. I'm glad that they have a plan. They're not but just letting it. But is that the barrier? Because I think when you start talking to people, and again, I can only go with the anecdotal things when when I run into people, let, let's say these aren't these aren't foreigners. These are people that live here in and around Chicago. You're new to town. Yes, I am. Where do you live? I live downtown. Ooh. And I go, what? You you live downtown? Do you feel safe? You, like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, there's still a perception. Mm-hmm. And That's going to that, be the biggest thing they have that to battle. Is the thing that's stopping mom, dad, and the kids from coming down on a Saturday or Sunday and walking Michigan no. or going downstate? No. Are they still concerned about the perception of is it safe or not? No. No? Because it, it's this is not new. We've been this perception has been here for years. Okay. And it hasn't stopped before, and especially the tourists. And don't forget, I, I don't know how well, many we need sh- tourism, don't we? Oh yeah. I don't know how many Chicagoans actually come. I'm sure a fair amount. Yeah. It's it's the suburbanites. The suburbanites. They're drawing the non Chicagoans right. into especially the downtown area. And especially the young people. And if you build it, they will come. That's I, I really feel strongly Joffrey about that. You think the Joffrey Ballet is going to bring the kids in? In throngs. I can just see it already. You know what they New need? New TikTok craze. They need jumpies. It, it, it they need jumpies on, yeah. on State Street. <laughs> That'll bring them in. What? Jumpies, you know, the blow-up jumpy thing. Yeah. Jumpy ca- bouncy castle. Bouncy castle. We all call it something different. Okay. <laughs> jumpies, yeah. bouncies, you know what I mean. That yeah. seems like a COVID hotbed in and of course, itself, too, alcohol. right? Yeah. Yeah. If you have COVID. alcohol, they will come. You know what? Free beer. Free beer Fridays. Downtown hey, I, will be it's, packed. I, it's very, I, <laughs> right? I'm very happy to see the city at least having a plan. Again, no plan would that. have been a shame. And a good morning to you. A happy Friday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Miranda playing the role of DJ Cheese today. So certainly over the last 15 months or whatever, as we celebrate hashtag old normal today in the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois, uh, a lot of us have binged watch uh, TV shows, got caught up on things, been watching some of the new programs out there, you know, whether it's streaming or broadcast or whatever. And I thought this was an interesting take. How real do you want your TV to be? Follow me on this. If you are like we uh, we see them filming. I, I know they film Chicago Fire in and around us and they do it every once in a while. I see the trailers and I, I, I see the little signs on on things they've got signs on the street like extras over here you know and mm-hmm. they block off some streets and whatnot they block off a lot of your streets just right so you they know. do right down here yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. They, this little park they've the bridge filmed at yeah things. it's very yeah. inconvenient well they usually do it on a <laughs> sunday or something but no yeah not always yeah. but you know so, it is a movie or it's a how show. real do you <laughs> want it to be the reason i say that is they're filming shows like that they weren't wearing masks they weren't socially distancing. Did they write vaccines into the into the plot? Like there is a debate apparently amongst like even TV writers. How accurate should the show be? Should we show what everyone is actually going through? Represent, you know, the feelings you're having during a pandemic and let you see it on the screen or should we present a fantasy world? That we pass off as, remember how it used to be. 
before yeah. people wore masks on the sidewalks. I'm all about it. I don't want to see masks. You don't want to see the reality. And when it. I do, it just bugs me. Yeah, really? I, I would like to forget it. Plus, I don't care how realistic you think you are. Like Chicago Fire, for example. Yeah, it's... Okay, let's wait, wait. Let's talk about the reality TV show. Literally, the those aren't even real. No, there's nothing They're real not about them. Real, so I can tell you that. It's it's I have never friends that work in that industry. There's yeah, nothing no, real about it's, it. oh. there's nothing real no. about Mom's reality was TV. Real. No, no, it's set up. It's scripted. It is set up, scripted. I hate it's that. amateur actors. Yeah. It's not real. They shouldn't be allowed to call it. They should, I'm going to complain to the FCC. <laughs> anyway, get on, um, Karen. <laughs> Yeah, I. It's so there's always this element of fantasy. So yeah, don't give me the mask. I, I I've got to see it in real life. I don't want to yeah. see it on TV. I don't like it. And Some shows enough, have done it. Some oh, absolutely. Shows have, have, have what I want to use the term reflected uh, what we're all going through. Right, and commercials. And commer- commercials. You're right. Commercials. Yeah. And another thing I don't like are oh. all these shows now out mimicking the pandemic. Oh, that's the last thing I want to see. Well, I just lived through it. I don't want to see it again. You have shows like Law and Order who uh, who are based on current events. So right. When they and, don't and have, real stories yeah, and things and real, like that. So when they don't have that, then it's just like, what am I watching this for? Is it really that real? Are you really keeping up with what's going okay, on? Okay, so you need to see the mask to know but it's real. It's also nice. It's cool to see, like, how did the pandemic affect other people? And mm-hmm. What did they well, go Well, okay, through? if that's your storyline, fine. I just, yeah, I, I'm turned off by it. I didn't think I didn't think it would bother me. Yeah, but I, it does. I'm with you. I, I think I go to my entertainment, my TV, whatever it might be, and the last thing I need to do is be reminded of this crap. Yeah. You Although know? yesterday I watched, there's this new show out on Netflix, Solo. It's called, it and yet. it's so it's solo actors. It's just so each segment, which is pretty short, is just one actor. Okay, it's, it's very good. Like a monologue. It's like a monologue almost. Okay. but they're in a they're in a setting, and it's it's a story. Mm-hmm. So the one I watched yesterday, a uh, woman was in a in lockdown in her home because there had been a pandemic, a ah! virus. Once mm. she's but she was in her home twenty years. So she before when when she was able to lock herself in, she formed the home she wanted. So it looked like she was living in the outdoors, but it was all, you know, yeah. inside. And she had an AI guy, you know, Sam, who was her See, friend. And, cool. But he was trying to get her out. Oh. He was like, listen, we've been back to normal for, it was way too real. It was <laughs> way too real for me. And I did watch it, but I didn't like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I watched it all and hated it. <laughs> sure. And she was really a good actress. Judy, it was, so you're, it was you're telling people, people don't rush Orange to watch Solo. No, I solo is really good. And it was just that one episode. The other oh, episodes okay. were about it, but I'm seeing that more and more, especially in these little short little episodes where they're doing or actually now that I take it back, some a lot of the movies out now have a pandemic edge to them. Or they have some sort of acknowledgement to it. Yes. And again, is that just too much? I can't give you guys a show that you you may have uh, watched or may have may have missed only cuz I'm I'm almost done binging it at least. It's only two seasons of it. It's called For All Mankind. And it's on Apple TV. You got to have the Apple TV, right? And it is a science fiction slash drama. Mm -hmm. I like it already. And here's the premise. What if... Wait, maybe I don't like it. Is it about the virus? No, no virus contained. What if the space... It starts with 1960s. Going to the moon, right? Mm-hmm. Going into space. Man going into space. What if we never stopped? What if we kept going back to the moon? What if 
history had changed, and both the United States and the Soviet Union were colonizing the moon, had bases on the moon. What if we were trying to go to Mars? What if we never stopped the space race? So it contains real-life things. Neil Armstrong, you know what I mean? Real-life astronauts. It contains a President Reagan. It uses real-life things, but it continues the what-if. We would continue to go back to space. We would have developed the space shuttle differently. You know, Mm what-if. So it's some reality, some real historical events mixed in, and it's really well done. How does does the world also change? The Earth? Yes. Different things about different parts of history change, and it's kind of funny. It's kind of like, oh... Like there isn't a like president. That would have happened. Or, yeah. President Carter didn't get elected. Interesting. Oh. President Ted Kennedy. Oh. oh my gosh! Like little little bitty things. Do you yeah, see? Because if saying? you change one thing, everything changes. And, and the ripple effect. Yeah. So anyway, it's called For All Mankind. I would, if you want to watch it, it's uh, there. There's two seasons of it. The second season just came out uh, a few months ago, and I've just uh, now it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. Awesome. I like it a lot. And I like the what if and maybe and ooh, what if we what if we had That's still so cool. All right. It's Bruce Judy. I was gonna say cheese, but she is definitely Miranda. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit easier on the eyes. Yeah. You're welcome. Playing the role of DJ Cheese today. We hope it feels better. All right. Mm-hmm. Happy Friday to you. Some disturbing information. We've talked about the unemployment. Um the fact that a lot of people over the last year and a half or so needed uh, lost their jobs industries dried up that's a fact we know that unemployment is there for a reason but then we had that uh enhanced unemployment enhanced six hundred dollars in some way on top of yeah. whatever it was mm-hmm. and of course now we're finding out that how about this some of the smarty pants that have gone in and taken a look at this, say, they're estimating that up to half of that extra unemployment insurance might have been stolen. Fraud. Not real. Not real people. Not really unemployed. The number could hit $400 billion with a B dollars. That is just crazy. Almost half fraudulent unemployment claims. And criminals from where? Not the U.S., but like syndication, syndicate, syndicates. Yeah, it's syndicates. amazing when you start handing out money, who comes out of the woodwork? Oh, my gosh. That terms, was the beginning right? of what? I, I blame the government for giving us that extra $600. I blame the there government. Are the, all the criminals are like, what? China, Nigeria, Russia, and elsewhere. Yeah. Those are the mules, as they call them, who scooped up the money, the American mm. money. They're saying the rest of it? Domestic gangs, street gangs, cartels here who have been figuring out ways to job the system, figuring out ways to make fraudulent unemployment claims to the point that as much as half of all unemployment benefits in the last year have been fraudulent, i.e. stolen money. And I mean, first and foremost, that's money that Americans lost, that Americans could have used, right? 
No, well, it's you money know, we didn't have. I would tell you, it's right. money we wouldn't but have I had mean, to borrow yeah. or print. You know, someone suffered not getting that money because criminals got it. And you know, they used people's, and that's the other thing. They used people's identities to get the money. So now you could be liable for that money somehow, some way. And having gotten some um, unemployment early on in the pandemic, I-, I could really see how easy it was to scam the system. Well, I mean, like there was nobody working. People, uh, it, was, it was so easy. The The system yeah. was so weak. Yeah, everyone was getting it. not a lot of checks and balances. No. Well, and, and, you know, we've heard about these stories where people like they're um, somebody files a tax return under your Social Security and gets mm-hmm. some sort of a, you know, they get your, yeah, they refund, get your refund. Right. Yeah. And they're saying a lot of this happened that way. People were impersonating others, stealing personal information to open up uh, unemployment claims under a name that wasn't them. And then running off with the money. Yeah. Could be what? Five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a week. And then you multiply that by how many identities they could manage to um, abscond with. And you can see how that could start adding up really quick, really quick, and become uh, real money out there. Uh, yeah. And before the pandemic, they say that unemployment claims were relatively rare and generally. Lasted for such a short time, and the amounts weren't that big that criminals. It wasn't a lucrative, uh, you know, target for criminals. But the second they heard about the pandemic unemployment, boom, they swooped in. So I tried to go find the dark web. It's not as easy as it sounds, <laughs> by the way. And I'm a maybe you concerned. don't even know when you're in it. Right, that's the I, problem. Maybe, but I, I, and I, then I was like, well, maybe should I be using my computer to do this? Right, uh-huh. like with the FBI. Dude, so I'm going to use our computers. Good, good thing. We'll call it research. But on the dark web itself, which apparently is the web just without lights, they have a software, software on the dark web that allows you to set this up easily and target specific states with the loosest regulations without the fraud protections in there. And guess what? People are doing it hand over fist and could be walking away with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and in some cases, millions of dollars in fraudulent unemployment claims. So, like, what do you do? You go on and you write in, um, you type in, how do I steal money from the U.S. government? Would you quit telling people how to do this? (laughs) Well, I'm just wondering to get in the dark web. How do do I steal money? (laughs) How do you do it? Oh, don't, and Alexa, she's keeping track, and bing, it goes right to the FBI. Is that how that works? But I don't know the dark web. Is that, like, how do you get in? How do you, I mean, is someone just like. I told you, I literally was trying to find. But is that what you were doing? Were you, like. a little hard. Trying to steal, hey, I'm a bad guy. Hey, I'm a bad guy, let me in. I was just curious. Sure you were. It always starts Mm -hmm. out with curiosity. It always starts out. And then it ends up in prison. And then, and then, the next, Your Honor, I swear, I was just curious. Just was. It Don't was, kill the cat. It was for the show. I oh was just God. come on. I was, yeah, you know. I was me, thinking, WLS is going to get you before the uh, prosecutors. There is a. They're going to come to your house. Knock, knock, uh, Bruce. This kind of gets into and 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 you know I would say sadly to a certain extent, like who can you trust anymore? No one. What can you trust yeah. anymore? We're finding out also that when you they did a they did some polling, the people that, that, that do these things. 
saying to individuals, do you have people in your life you can trust? Let's get away from the entities. Do you trust the police? Do you trust government? Do you trust, you know, but do you have people in your life? And what they found is a lot of Americans don't have that network, if you will. Don't have people they can trust you. 46 million people have one person they might trust. And that's it. They got one go-to. Yeah. Like or nobody easy. they can trust. Or nobody. One go- oh, and 28% have, um, like, nobody they, that they can't even talk to. Nobody. that they. I mean, nobody in their life they can rely on. That wow. is so sad. And here's the thing with our society lately, I feel like, even those people you think you can trust... Mm-hmm. sometimes they even turn out to be people you can't trust, right? It's just amazing what, and, and you hate to think that we're that desperate, but, you know, sometimes like the pandemic, I feel brought out well, we were, some bad traits in people. and Well, we became more isolated. And more self-serving, right? I, I've always been that way. Oh, so yeah, you are. Yeah, we're going to discount you. you yeah. are, you're you're the consistent. 1% who has no one. I'm consistent. Only because that's your choice. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't want to trust anyone. No. But no, I mean, you know, like, I feel like I have a big group of people around okay. me. A support system. I'm so fortunate. Yeah. And you're right. I look at this um, survey, and it makes me so sad. Yeah. It's yeah. like, how can you not, even if you don't have family, it's like, don't we live in, aren't we humans? Don't we well, I th- And I think there come was, in and at, take the place? At no. one point it was, as you would get older, you would lose friends, and you could understand how older people would be that. But they're talking about this, too. It's younger people. It's people starting out, people who, who you know, their friends haven't passed away due to old age. Right. They just don't have people around them. They are isolated. They are solo. They are loners. They're alone. Right. And that, I think, though, that's kind of a different story, Mm -hmm. too. That's on them. That's you, right? Right. Someone like who's like, I'm good. We've made it very easy to do that. You don't even have to leave your house. They'll bring everything to your front door. Right. And but but at some point in your life, because we are human beings, it does become an issue, right? You can't live like that forever. You just can't. It's Bruce, Judy, and Miranda in for DJ Cheese today. A happy Friday to you. Um, thankfully, I'm not suffering from Alzheimer's yet. I have a feeling that, you know, it affects so many people. My mom is feeling some of the effects of it. I know other people who are struggling with it in some way, shape, or form. But there is a new drug out there, a drug that is showing very promising, promising uh, um, um, results. The problem? It's a little on the pricey side, Judy. Uh, just a bit. Um, so if you took this drug, uh, mm-hmm. it's a Biogen's uh, new Alzheimer's it's drug called, called a, a uh, Doom. Let's go with that. They always have to come up with some a fake do-helm. name. A do-helm. A do-helm. A do-helm. Yeah, it's and then they the price tag the executives at Biogen are calling it fair and responsible. Fifty six thousand dollars a year is what it would t- it would cost you. Yeah, now I can figure this out quick. Just generally, that's about five thousand dollars a month. Wow. Okay. So I want to try to understand a little bit more about this. They say it's fair. Is it joining fair us right now? Luvio, Luvio. Did I get the Luvio part right? Yes. Mm, oh, God. Marika. Perfect. Yeah, seriously? 
Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. you are a professor of chemistry at the University of Illinois. Maybe part of this is, and and I can understand the outrage, and I, I suppose you can too, professor. When you when you hear a price tag like that, people are like what? What goes into creating drugs like this, though? What don't I know about the drug industry and the creation of, for example, a new Alzheimer's drug? Right. So, first of all, thank you for having me on the air. Um, you're right. This uh, new drug, Aduhel, um, previously known as Aducanumab, has been just approved uh, by the FDA. And indeed, I was surprised to see how expensive it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a what's called monoclonal antibody, which it, uh, attacks or targets this particular peptide found in the brains of Alzheimer's patients. It is quite expensive to develop such an antibody, especially when you're trying to target the brain, the central nervous system. So definitely, there's been a lot of um, expensive clinical studies going to um, approving it or um, getting to approve this drug. So it is a big conundrum uh, being such an expensive drug. And um, also, if one reads more about how it will be administered, um, you have to perform this so-called uh, infusion, one-hour infusion every month or so. Ooh. So definitely, this is not a pill that you'll be taking every day, which right. would be so much more, uh, e- um, so much easier. So it's a procedure, um, and not just like a pill or a syrup, which could make it more expensive. Exactly. I think I think maybe the price includes that um, one-hour infusion. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, there are quite a few antibodies out there. There are quite a few what called biological or biologic drugs which um, usually approved a lot of these for um, autoimmune uh, diseases. So that's a common procedure. It's just maybe one of the very first, um, let's call it CNS-targeting antibodies. Um, And I want to make sure that people are aware that this is definitely not a magic bullet. And this is, um, it took a long time for this drug to be be approved. If one reads a bit more about it, there is some, um, there is some controversy about it. Um, it was not approved a couple of years ago. So there is a lot of um, work and clinical trials and proponents and people which maybe are not agreeing that this is um, um, a perfect drug. So let's say it was borderline approved by the FDA. So it's been borderline approved, and yet it's going to cost probably more money than most people have you know, to, to spend on it. So, I mean, is it going to be worth it? Is, is it still worth it for an Alzheimer patient who's really suffering that even though it's borderline and it costs this much money, I mean... Well, and what I'm hearing from the professor is it may not be some sort of a breakthrough drug. game yeah, changer. It's, exactly. it's just an evolution. Is, if it's just, if, it's, if it might work and it might not, is it worth it? It's a great question, and I'm sure everybody is wondering this, and um, it's, it's, it's hard for me to answer. Sure. I, I, agree, I agree with you that it's, um, there, there's some uh, people saying that, or the studies are saying that it, it could slow down the progression, but it, it's most efficient for what's called mild forms of Alzheimer's. So does it mean that you're going to have to start uh, taking this drug as you start developing some um, of the of the of the um, symptoms, which means, of course, you're gonna have to take it for life for years and years. Which you can imagine how expensive that oh, is. I can't uh, believe. It. Yeah. So all I can say in the context, 
I mean, on the positive side, of course, people should, it's a step in the right direction. Sure. Just to put it in context, the last drug for Alzheimer's, which is only addressing the symptoms, was not slowing down the disease, was approved in 2003. So it's been uh, mm, now eight wow. years uh, since the last time some type of a drug was approved for Alzheimer's. So that's the positive part of it. The, the, the thing that we still have to work on is developing a much more expensive uh, type, much less expensive type of a drug, something that could be taken much more easily. And of course, this will be the problem with antibodies or using monoclonal antibodies as a biological drug for Alzheimer's disease. Addressing CNS um, diseases, usually small molecules or regular drugs, regular um, type of uh, chemicals, may be better candidates for such such um, development, drug development. Professor, thank you very much for your insight into it. We learn something every single day, and I do appreciate it. Uh, uh, Professor Liviu Marika, uh, professor of chemistry over at U of I, helping us understand about this drug. $56,000 a year. Hopefully by the time we need it, it'll be the generic version. (laughs) That'll be an over-the-counter generic. That'll be ten grand. Yeah, uh, you you would hope that it would get done. But again, the the drug company, and and I'm not, I'm, I'm torn on this. They say it took almost 20 years to develop this drug, at which time the drug company, private company, was spending money to do this. Are they allowed to recoup their investment? And they're saying, this is the going rate for it. You don't have to take it. Nobody's forcing you. But if you want to take it, it's 56 grand a year. Make your make your decisions. The market will determine whether that's a fair price pretty darn quickly. If nobody signs up for it, it's too expensive. And they'll drop the price. If they run out of it, guess what? The price will go up. And they only have enough, apparently, for a million. Six million Americans suffer from Alzheimer's. And so you, you we'll find you out, go. right? Yep. This is going to solve it. So we've had the, the conversation, the discussion. There have been proposals regarding a police pursuit policy, foot pursuit policy for Chicago police. And it, and it, it seems to have kind of been spawned from or certainly brought to the forefront by some pretty high-profile foot pursuits, which led to deadly shootings uh, uh i mean i think it's fair to say yeah. but this conversation had been going on for a while and i i want to admit that i i don't think i fully understand it nor do i fully understand like it's practical implementation joining us right now is sheila is it betty sheila it is it's betty sheila betty a northwestern university law professor you're also the director of the law school's community justice and civil rights clinic thank you so much for spending time with us today Thank you for having me to talk about this important issue. Yeah, so so a, a layman like myself, help me understand a little bit, because the way I, my initial blush is, it seems to be that we don't, the police wouldn't be able to chase anyone on foot without violating some provision of this policy, and is that what we want police to do? Help, help me find the middle ground. Sure. Well, let's take a step back and just contextualize a, a, a little bit. Um, you know, in your in your intro, you mentioned that the new policy uh, was motivated by the the tragic shootings of, of Adam Toledo and Anthony Alvarez. Uh, and I think it's important for your listeners to know that that is that is not true. Okay. Uh, for over two years, uh, the independent monitor who's overseeing a consent decree over the police department has been collecting data on foot pursuits and has found that these that the CPD's foot pursuits are often 
unnecessary and that they far too frequently lead to lethal uses of force. Um, and they're underreported that there's not a there's not a very accurate documenting system. So those those so, recent events just really highlighted it, though. Exactly. Exactly. The, the recent events highlighted it and I think created a political imperative. But the reality is, is that people's lives are being destroyed by these foot pursuits before we saw the, that incredibly graphic video. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that the you know the, the context is important here. Um, now, as to your question about whether or not a foot pursuit policy would prohibit police officers from from chasing anybody, nobody police pursuits may be necessary when somebody's life is in danger uh, and when the pursuit is calculated to protect the surrounding community and the officer themselves. Mm -hmm. The idea that a foot pursuit is necessary if somebody engages in an act of shoplifting or a traffic offense or any of the kind of minor offenses for which the current policy that the CPD just put out would allow foot pursuits really ignores the inherent danger okay. um, of this tactic. Sheila, so I, again, we're talking to Northwestern University law professor. I'm not going to call you Sheila. Professor Betty. Um, so using, can I, can I, can I put it in a real world example and you, you help me understand it? Taking a look at at least what people are, are asking for. Some of the activists, some of the, um, um, the, the overseers, if you will, the, the concerns that you have, would the Adam Toledo pursuit have been justified? Uh, uh, reports of shots fired, police come upon people, they think one of them has a gun at pursue. It, it, would, would it have changed that? Would the officer have been told, no, don't pursue them? Well, you can't just make that decision based on the two facts you gave. You also okay. have to make the decision based on the fact that the pursuit happened in the middle of the night, early morning hours, in a dark alley, unfamiliar to the police officer, surrounded by a residential area. So given all of those facts, low visibility, um, given all of those facts, it should be clear to an experienced officer that engaging in a pursuit at that point, because of the dangers to the officer himself and the, the surrounding community, just wasn't the best, safest tactic. Okay. It was not the tactic that would have resulted in the best outcome. But if you know that the subject has a gun, doesn't that change it? Isn't it then in the public safety to get that gun out of that hand, the hand of that person who's running? Yeah. Is, I mean, I say that's a that's a fair question. But what we then have is an armed confrontation that is going to be set up by two people who are engaged in this incredibly um, high stakes, high adrenaline encounter. Um, and that puts the surrounding community at, at great risk of mm -hmm. harm. The reality is, is that the police department has so many tools at their disposal. They could have created a perimeter. They could have brought in the helicopter. Um, they, there's so many other things that they could have done and that they can do under those circumstances where they really truly have reason to believe that somebody is armed and dangerous and engaging in a foot pursuit in a dark alley in the middle of the night, low visibility uh, is just never an appropriate policing tactic. And it leads to the tragic consequences that we saw um, that in Adam's death. Fair enough. Uh, we're talking again to uh, Professor Sheila Betty, Northwestern University, uh, director also of the law school's Community Justice and Civil Rights uh, Clinic. I, I know that um, we've had a similar policy, not just Chicago, but many law enforcement agencies around the country when it comes to vehicle pursuits because of those reasons. The, the more of it, the concern for the general public when you're chasing somebody through city streets at 90 miles an hour or, or whatnot. Is this just the natural offshoot? And does it does it fundamentally 
change what policing looks like? That's such a good question. And I think a lot of the the rhetoric around foot pursuits is really based on a mythology around what police actually do. Uh, the idea that police are out there every single day chasing down the bad guys, keeping us safe, that's just not how police spend the majority of the time. The vast majority of police officer time is spent doing paperwork, responding to calls for service, responding to folks who are in mental health crises. So the idea that these restrictions would fundamentally change policing or put people in, in danger um, is just not borne out by the data that we have around policing. Uh, and I think your connection between foot pursuits and vehicle pursuits is a really good one um, because the circumstances are quite similar there where you've got an intense high adrenaline situation where not just the subject is at risk, but members of the public are at risk. And there's a recognition because the stakes have been so high in the vehicle pursuit cases and because communities across Chicago have been adversely affected, mm -hmm. that there's got to be checks and balances put there. The same thing should happen in the foot pursuit context where unfortunately the communities that are most at risk are our black and brown communities. Do you think police officers by and large are okay with the, with the police policy that you described of, you know, it's, it's, it's too dangerous for them in most cases, because why is this such a big issue then? I, I almost feel like it's not the police as much as it is the public discourse on this issue. Or will police officers welcome something like this, at least putting a finer point on it? I would think that police officers who take seriously their obligations to protect the public from rights violations, who recognize uh, that their job should be, um, you know, they, they, they should check themselves whenever possible from engaging in acts of violence, would welcome this kind of policy. Because what it, what it really does is provide clear discretion uh, about when officers should, should engage. Now, let me be clear, the current policy does not provide uh, the, the kind of clear direction that, that is necessary. Okay. Um, our hope is that the policy will be amended to do so. And I think that officers that are really seriously about protecting the public would welcome such a policy. We thank you for your insight into this and helping us understand it better. She is Professor Sheila Betty with Northwestern University, also the director of the law, uh, law school's Community Justice and Civil Rights Clinic. As the CPD foot pursuit policy continues to be debated. Maybe more fine tuning goes into it, but you can certainly understand. I, you know, I think we all have a lot of questions and there's still a rubber meets the road thing. How does it, what does it look like? You know what I'm saying? For the average officer going out to do their job, what does that look like? And I'm still not 100% clear well, because I, th I think, I think it's, it's still, there's some vagaries. We could it. talk about it all we want, but I think it, it has to be a, a CPD policy that, that they decide with the police officers in mind. You know what I mean? We can say all we want and we, because that's what's mm. happening. We, the, the, you know, the public, the we're civilians. looking at everything and they know what they need to do. It's a different reality it maybe when you're, when you're riding in a squad yeah. car like that. But uh, I think it's a, it's a great discussion and, and I'm glad we're having it on, on some level. We'll find out how that continues to move forward. And, and again, I'd be really interested when, when we hear more from the actual officers, rank and file officers. I don't want to hear from union leaders. I don't want to hear from the chief of police. I want to hear from the cops on the street. What's that like? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? I, I, I'm open to the idea they might go, hey, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, if you, yeah, if you it want keeps me to, them safer, yeah, I would think uh, they would be all for it. run down dark alleys yeah. after people? Don't, don't invite me to a good time. Okay, you got it. You're going to be traveling maybe this weekend coming up, 4th of July, summer vacay. It's Bruce, Judy, and Miranda. And if you are, I just want to alert you to something so it doesn't come as a huge shock. 
there is a chance, and I've noticed this more often than not, that your rental car will cost more than your flight. Flights are cheaper than rental cars almost everywhere. Because That's there are shocking. no rental cars. Shocking. Yeah. They Weren't sold they, them all. Didn't they used to be like $13 a day? Oh, or? my God. Yeah. $19 really? a day, something yeah, like that. Yeah, what is it now? Oh, $90, $100. I rented a car for a day and a half. I was in San Francisco last week. I rented it at San Francisco Airport because I had to go to Napa. And it's like an hour and a half away. It's not like I could Uber there, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I did that. I went an hour and a half. Was there for a day and a half, right? Not even a day and a half. And $190. Wow. For a day and a half of a rental car. I don't usually rent cars. That so was that, the cheap one. Yeah. By the way, and that was the tiniest little car I've ever driven in my life. Mm. It went up from there. So what are the solutions? Leave it to technology. Leave it to the new world to figure this out. Because I think this is interesting. So... A lot of folks learned how to hack like the hotel industry, right? By Airbnb and verbal. There's other ones, right? Where you could like rent somebody's house. Yeah. We're not using it. You can rent it. Verbal. You can rent a room or whatever it might be, right? And that became a whole thing. You can now do that with cars, Judy. (gasps) You can basically rent your car when you're not using it. That's the most brilliant idea. I didn't even know it was a thing. I mean, when you think about Verbo, as they say now, even though it's VRBO, and Airbnb, like, it seems like it's been, like, I can't imagine life without what them. What was life before that? But we, a few years ago, we didn't have it. You know what I mean? It just didn't exist. So why didn't we think of this? These are, these are car sharing, peer-to-peer car sharing. For example, Avail is one of it. Turo, Get Around. These are apps that you can sign. And I'm just telling you to start looking ahead. If you're going to be traveling, you're going to fly somewhere, go somewhere, you need a rental car, you're going to go on those websites and you're going to look at rental car prices. You're going to go, oh, no, I don't want to buy the car. I just want to rent it. No, (laughs) that's the rental price. And Avail is available here in Chicago. Right. (laughs) And it is, it made me think like, well, that's a whole nother thing. Do you want to rent your car out if you're not using it? How about Uber rent? That's a thing. There's a thing. Uber rent. We also heard one of the things, and I thought this was an extreme, but apparently it's it's become more of a thing where I read about a family that went to Florida a couple months ago. And it wasn't even a matter of the price. They couldn't find a rental car. None available. Zero. Don't have any vehicles. So they rented a U-Haul truck. <laughs> By the way, they got it for $30 a day, unlimited miles, and plenty of space right? in the back. You can bring up plenty of room you for luggage. Put a mattress down there, and the kids can just <laughs> sleep in the back or a couch. That's got to be against the law, Jude. That's got to be against no, the law. No, you, most U-Hauls carry furniture, right? That's why. You have people in the back with it, though. Yeah, I think okay. It's <laughs> But you're like people are having to get creative like that. How about RVs? You rent an RV. By the time you, if you have a family of five, say, and you buy the airline tickets and then the rental car, which you say is so expensive, and then the hotel, yeah, rent an RV for a week, right? I mean, right. I don't know how much it is. Probably pretty expensive, but some of you haven't flown in a while, though. And as someone who flies almost every single week, that's not an exaggeration. I'm flying today. I fly to Phoenix today. I'm racing tomorrow night. 
in in Phoenix. Thank you. I don't think I have flown for fifteen months. Yeah, right? I've done forty. I've done road three trips. legs so <gasps> far. Wow, flights okay. forty three different flights. What's That's new? <laughs> uh, besides the fact that we're um, masked all the time, it did dawn on me. How stupid do they think we are? And I saw a, a guy write about this who hadn't flown in a while and was kind of reminded of some of the things. So, you know, when they go through the safety demonstration, you flight attendants out there, what do they start with? They start seat with belt. how a bleeping seatbelt works. <laughs> and I've always said, listen, if the seatbelt is confusing to you, if you don't know how to work a seatbelt, almost nothing after this is going to matter okay. because I'm I, amazed you managed to get your shoes on I today. take issue with that, really? mister. Me too. It is not a standard seatbelt. No. Yeah. Maybe you have that in your cars, in your race cars. How that different seat belt, do you think a seatbelt works? This is how you what put are you a doing, tying it in a knot in front of you? It Look, seems like I you have, should. Yeah, I know, right? In a car, you put your seatbelt... The little you click it. You click it right in. You click on, a on this plane, too. And no. You just click it in the middle. You have to lift that little thing up and then put well, it in. Right? Click in. No, you lift it up to let it loose. Yeah, I was having trouble tightening my seatbelt. I thought you had to mm. lift. You pull the li- on the extra. Part. I thought you oh, had to lift the flappy thingy. Miranda, you're the reason they have to explain okay, that. I'm 21 years old. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Okay, here's my issue. I never know which one's my seatbelt either. Is this, oh, for is this God's mine? Sake. Is that okay, yours? I knew my seatbelt. I knew which I one take it back. Belt. Apparently, they need to explain <laughs> even the most Bruce, mundane they things wouldn't to people. explain it if it didn't need explaining. No, it doesn't need explaining. <laughs> and my thing is, just so the airlines know, I stop listening. I don't pay any attention, though, so I've got my earphones in anyway, and I'm not paying attention. But the mere fact that they start by explaining how a seatbelt works turns me off to anything they have to say afterwards, because I think, obviously, they're explaining, oh, I don't know. How do you stand up and sit down exactly? Is that using, <laughs> by using my knees? You know what you are? You're the frequent traveler that we all hate it's on the plane. It's a seatbelt. Whatever. Not- we don't, I haven't flown in 15 months. I need a reminder. The seatbelts haven't changed. When you're in a panic situation, though, you're not thinking about, you don't, you don't know. panic. You might forget. Wait, Miranda, here's, Miranda, here's a good on one. Bruce. Who you are traveling and there's a child sitting next to you and your oxygen mask drops. Place the oxygen you- mask on yourself before <laughs> placing it on your child. Oh, okay. Bingo. You know that one. It used to be. You just know them all because you've Gale done it so much. One. Extinguish your cigarette before putting on <laughs> the oxygen mask. And I always just had this mental image of somebody with a cigarette with the oxygen mask on the end of it going, that would be awesome. Where, that would be, where that is, would be Nick. Where is your flotation device? It is the seat. Or it's under. It's either the seat cushion or it's under the seat. Come All on, right, people. Whatever. It's a freaking plane. And seatbelts, if, if you, again, Miranda, swear to God, <laughs> we need to explain how the seatbelts work to you. Miranda, I am on situation. your side. You are fine. What's the panic situation when you're sitting on the plane? When the putting plane the is on. going down, yes, and but you that's don't. Not when you're putting the seatbelt on. But what if you know what you? Then you have right, to take right. it off, which might be oh, harder. Yeah. Oh, Listen, <laughs> we don't fly as much you're as you. No, you're not going to make it. Reminders are fine. Morning and a happy Friday to you. We're going to jump right into our eight o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories going on around us. Sadly, a young girl, teenager, sixteen-year-old, fell on the tracks. Became electrocuted, a reminder of how danger, dangerous those could be. Miranda. Chicago aldermen say they still have the votes to rename Lakeshore Drive Disabled Drive. 
No. No, it can't happen. It's not a thing. Not you saw boo. Illinois is open and the state continues to see record low numbers of new cases of COVID and that positivity rate at 1.3%. More than 50% of adults fully vaccinated. Feel the joy, people. Wow. All right. Hey, you know, we talk about the uh, the old normal, getting back to hashtag old normal. Today is the day. Phase five, for goodness sakes. We're getting back to whatever. We're going to party like it's 2019. Let's Woo. go. Remember that? Go in the way, way back machine. Ah, <laughs> oh. Whoever thought we'd look back. Remember 2019? What a great year that was. Fantastic. Oh, it's phenomenal, right? <laughs> and as people get out and about. A lot of you might be reintroducing yourself to the city. We have uh, guests coming, people coming here. So what's a way to kind of get around town, see things, maybe enjoy it? Well, there's an app for that. Isn't there an app for everything these days? Joining us right now in studio is John Matusak. Is it Matusak? It's actually Matusak. It is Matusak. That's my fault entirely. And you have an app called e Atlas. I'm going to let you describe it because I think it is amazing. Well, thank you, Bruce, and and thank you both, uh, uh, Bruce and Judy, for having me on this morning uh, and inviting me to speak to your audience about yeah. my favorite subject, which is, of course, hello, E-Atlas. your app, your app. Got it. So, eAtlas is a mobile app that enables participants to go on guided tours and treasure hunts on demand from their phones. And we call these guided tours and treasure hunts eAtlas experiences. Okay, and they're built by our Woe guides. Okay. And Woe Guides are current and former tour guides or anybody with a particular knowledge, insight, and passion about some aspect of a neighborhood or place. Might be the art, might be the architecture, might be the history, but they've got this desire to share it. So we built a platform that enables our Woe Guides to build these experiences and share them with curious people in Chicagoland and ultimately across the globe. So it's not just the obvious stuff, and maybe that's really the big draw for E-Atlas. You'll find things, I mean, Chicago's a city of neighborhoods, right? You'll find things that the locals know about. Isn't that what we all want when we go somewhere? Like, okay, I get it. There's a bean, there's Navy Pier. I get it. What about the the hidden gems, right? And E-Atlas is going to help me find those. And you're exactly right. So we've got tours, for instance, of Bronzeville. We've got tours of art sculpture tours, art deco tours in the loop, and some of the traditional standbys, Navy uh, Navy Pier, Millennium Park, um, but all sorts of niche. We've even got a tour with 35 stops built by a gentleman named Ronnie Fry of workers' cottages. Okay. Oh, cool. Like in Pullman? In the Pullman area, and we, we've got we have additional tours in the Pullman district. Yeah, wow. like, so so is this like where you walk? You're walking down the street, and all of a sudden, your app, your phone says, "Hey, look to your right, Turn See that alley there." <laughs> Capone was shot in that alley. You know, well, stuff like that. It, 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 sort of, it's a, a, a multimedia multimedia mix of uh, video clips, of audio clips, pictures, or, uh, text. Uh, there can be clues or puzzles involved. There can be prizes involved. There's a little pop-up map that shows you exactly where you are, where your next stop is. Um, and all of it really is a byproduct of the creativity and passion of our Woe Guides. So, John, is it, is, it, is it just taking me to the places, or when I get there, am I going to learn something about them as well? No, you're going to learn a lot about them. A lot about so, them. Not a little. So I'm ashamed to admit uh, that having in the past built some of these E-Atlas experiences myself, and now seeing the high-caliber experiences <laughs> that our current Woe Guides have built, all 33 of these uh, experiences that are currently available in Chicago area, I realized that I really wasn't very good at that. <laughs> and our Woe Guides are really, really good at it. 
Wow. So. It sounds like the adult version of Pokemon Go. Can you, <laughs> well, can you give us an example of one? Pardon me? Give us an example of one. Like if we're, is it a certain area we, we go to, right? So one of our woe guides, who's also a member of our staff, a, a lady named Kelly Newell, who's done a tremendous job in, in, in recruiting and creating this community, as we call them, of woe guides. Um, Kelly built a, a sculpture art tour okay. in the loop. And she looks at things like the lions uh, at the Art Institute. And she tells you fascinating details like, hey, if you look at the base of the statue, you'll see the name of the actual sculpture, uh, sculptist mm-hmm. uh, inscribed at the bottom and the date that they did it. And then she takes a look at the Picasso in Daily Plaza. And she points out that, hey, if you, if you look at it from the front, people are like, well, what exactly is this? But if you look at it at a certain angle, as she informed me, and I think she's got it right, it looks like a nose. Ah. Oh, yeah. And, and so this, there's... this is a brilliant idea, yes. by the way. Well, I you. mean, we were walking yesterday down the street. Remember, Just... we, we said, is this the Masonic? Yeah, where are Masonic? We? What is this thing? Yeah, we knew it was a building that was important and we until we finally saw the little sign inside. Yeah. But it would have been so interesting to, to just to be look at some through facts the neighborhoods of and... what it was. Well, and again, I get back to even people who live in some mm-hmm. of these areas. Even if you have lived in a neighborhood for a while, the idea that maybe you know everything or the history or about that building or what's around that corner, I bet you people who have lived here for, for maybe their whole lives could discover stuff they didn't even know about the area they live in. That has certainly been my, no pun intended, experience. Okay. <laughs> so, in looking at some of the Atlas tours, for instance, there's one on Navy Pier built by a gentleman named Will Quam, one of our Atlas Woe Guides. And he's got video of of some turtles that are high up on the building. Stop it. You And you would never have noticed them. I've never seen the and turtles. And he goes through and explains why, why the turtles, turtles are there, how they got there, all sorts of, of, of tidbits. And as we think of them, insider knowledge about a particular place that's, from my perspective, and I think it'll be shared uh, by your listening audience, truly fascinating stuff. Okay, you must tell me why the gargoyles on top of like the Harold Washington Library, I think they are. I have seen those myself. They're, they're creepy looking a little uh, bit. And no, I'm like, this is a, you know, this is a library, but yeah. they're so cool where, looking. Where? Okay, you've sold me. <laughs> now what? I just go to the app stores. I go wherever. I download eAtlas. Yeah, it's, it's quite simple. So the eAtlas app is available uh, both on the Apple App Store mm-hmm. and the Google Play Store. Okay. Has been for some time. Current version is number three. We're working on number four. We're always continually refining it further building on our platform. And our platform is what enables our woe guides to build these fantastic experiences and make them available uh, to the people out there. Are you looking for more woe guides? Are there Maybe there might be people listening right now that go, I am the world's expert on Streeterville. I yeah. don't know if there is such an animal. but And they no. say, I could really show people, how do they do that? So, Bruce, what I've learned um, is that there is a community of people out there that know all sorts of stuff about all sorts of things yes. that you would never would have envisioned before. So downloading the app is straightforward. Uh, your listening audience simply goes to the app or play stores, puts in eAtlas for the search. It'll come right up. They right. download it. It's quick. It's painless. You can log in with Google, with Apple, with Facebook, or use your email. Mm-hmm. And then once you're logged in, you'll see an array of experiences in both <sighs> our nearby events. It'll break them out by tours and treasure hunts. It'll keep track of your progress. Say you've been on this tour for, and you did five out of the ten stops. You've been on this tour, you did seven out of the six. I or have seven to do this. 
I mean, how else? It's, I mean, it's, it's, really, it's a brilliant to, idea. Right? Really as, brilliant. As, but my point is, as somebody who's relatively yeah, new, absolutely. I'm going to find out things I had no idea about. But even people that have been here for a while, I think you're oh going to discover he's a hell of a lot he's along the way. He's going to know more than we do now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's going to be telling me about Chicago. Chicago. Let me show you the turtles yeah. over in the Imperial. Let me show you where the turtles are there. Well, we like to say that E-Atlas revolves around three things, right? It's revolves around fun, first and foremost, yeah, crea- um, curiosity, and sharing. Right, And where the sharing comes in and what's unique about our business model is that we're sharing revenue with the Well Guides. Each purchase of an E-Atlas experience, let's say it's $10, mm-hmm. 70% of that goes back to the Well Guide who built the it. The people who built the actual, the have the knowledge, right. if you will. So as we like to say, we made it easy, but our Well Guides make it amazing. <sighs> and our Can't message wait. to the Well Guides has always been very simple. Make tours, make memories, and make money. Hey. <laughs> and our Great. message to your listening audience is that E-Atlas experiences are always on, always fun. And after a year plus of the pandemic and everything it yeah. brought with it, from my perspective, and I'm sure most of you listening to us would, would agree, it's time to get out. It it's is. time to try something new. And, and I, as we would say, let's woe. John, you've sold all the... Thank you so much. Again, it's called E-Atlas, the app available everywhere, and it is a way that you can not only discover, but in some cases, probably rediscover. Find out things that you didn't even know about your own backyard, your hood, the neighborhood around you, the city that you love. Thanks so much, John. Best of luck. I'm sold. I'm in. It's done. (laughs) I'm sold. If I might say one more thing. Uh, Our website is playeatlas.com. Got it. There'll be more information there. Yeah, there is. I'm on it right now. We'd love to hear from your listening audience. We'd love to hear from interested world guides. But there's a ton to do. 33 experiences available right now today and ongoing and more coming. Phenomenal. If you you think everything is more expensive, you are right. There's something called the Consumer Price Index. What I don't know about how economies work. The CPI, which, by the way... Excludes food and energy, the the core one, even that one. So take food and energy out. The price of everything in May was up about four percent. When you throw food and energy in, the price of everything was up about five percent. Everything. That doesn't sound like a big number, but it is when 5%. you talk about the CPI. Yeah, but normally that's... it goes up like a tenth. It goes up and down a tenth. They're saying, by the way, this is the fastest growth rate since 2008. And I got to tell you, if you forgot already, anytime somebody starts comparing things to 2008, I admit, I get a little concerned, Judy. Yeah, well, you should. 2008, oh. we... The bottom fell out. Yeah. The Great Recession, whatever you want to call it, right? And I think that there is a concern that we're headed towards something like something's going to happen. Like, you know, uh, thank you. I'm like a seer, Nostradamus. Something's going to happen. I'm just, just not sure what it is, but one of these things, and when, and I got to trust the experts on this, when you look at the price of everything we're buying is going up, that's not good. There's no, there's no positive in that. Okay, well, can't they, can't things just go down in the same fashion? Like over time, everything just will go down five percent soon. Doesn't seem to work exactly. (laughs) No, that's exactly. Now, this is this scared me. Used car and truck prices surged seven percent. I told you, I'm literally thinking of selling. I have a car, 
that I don't drive very much. I'm thinking of selling you it. You might because want to. It, well, and, and I had a friend, a friend at the dealership says, it'll never be worth more than it is today. Yeah, and that that's scary in itself. I yeah. mean, and this when you talking about this, and I don't understand it enough either, but we understand it enough to know the bottom's going to fall out at some point, right? And this is that's inflation. What Remember, we have the economists are talking about this is the definition of inflation. Everything starts costing more, and and one of the problems is is you know when we talk about the economy, I learned this years ago. Like, when I say, we're going to talk about the economy, or you hear news people go, the economy, this, that, and the other, nobody knows what that means. Mm -hmm. The economy is your bank account. The economy is what's in your wallet. That's the reality of, that's the economy. You know, people are doing better. I'm not the economy. Therefore, the economy's not doing better. Like, they look at it, every, and I can understand why. It is a personal uh, metric. So if you got $1,400 checks, if you got extended unemployment, more of it, whatever, whatever it might be. The problem is everything costs more. So you aren't really that much far ahead. If everything is 5% more, you got to make 5% more this year just to stay even. How many of you got a 5% raise in 2020? Um, the problem is how many people aren't working still? Well, by the way, this was just May. It went to 5% in May. In May, right. What is it going to be for the year? If the consumer, again, if the cost of everything goes up 10% in 2021 and you didn't get a 10% raise, you basically got a 10% pay cut. And I always, whenever you hear about Think of it that way. Yeah. It's scary to think about. And whenever you hear about inflation or the, you know, consumer prices, uh, right, which is inflation, you then always hear about the Federal Reserve meeting. I have no idea what that is. And I'm scared about that, too. Well, that, well that's Reserve raising does. interest rates, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, but is, I still that, don't is that next? Well, I don't know. It's like some sort of cabal. It's like the. It, of course. They have lunch. They have a couple, the maybe cocktails. And then they go, all right, up or down. The Pope, or the same, the Getty, yeah. the Rothschilds, <laughs> and then they, yeah, then they they blow the smoke out of the top window. Is that what happens? And then we know if it goes up or down. Here is no, add, that's what they do, you know, when they get a new pope. Add this into it: first quarter, January, February, March of this year, the average homeowner saw the value of their home go up twenty percent. That scares Two me too. Zero. They said the collective cash gain homeowners in the United States are two trillion dollars richer in the first three months of 2021. That can't be sustainable either, right? Well, and what happens because of that? So, listen, I, I don't know if I'm smart like a fox or the dumbest person on the planet. <laughs> I sold my home in February. I sold it. I sold it for a hell of a lot more than I bought it for just four years ago. Did I get out at the right time? Or are we going to look back a year from now and you guys are going to go, nanny, nanny, foo-foo, you were an idiot. Right. I don't know. I, I feel like this right now, today, is the time. Right? Feels like it. It feels like it, but yeah, it's a gamble. It's it, I don't, Everything is I right now. I don't gamble. The, the, I don't play the stock market, and this that's what this feels like. I, I, I met a, a gentleman that does finance and you know investing and things like that, and I said, what do you think? He goes, <laughs> their answer is what? They, their answer is things are all over the place. The, the the normal graphs we have and the the metrics we have, it's all over, it's breaking. Like the graph doesn't go that high or that low, or we never planned for this, or we've never seen this before. So a lot of it is we're gonna find out. One of the positives is though, 
Chicago is reopening. Illinois is reopening. Hashtag old normal. Hey, good morning, Bruce, Judy, and infant producer Miranda in studio with us. Good I think morning, it's, I think Miranda has grown up. Has she really? I think so. Hey. Thanks, Look at her. Judy. She's doing a fabulous job. I think we need to start saying grow, all grown up, Amanda. That's uh, my Miranda. That's I my Amanda, because isn't that the rug? Okay, let's not go there. I'm embarrassed to say I watched Rugrats. Oh, no, I loved Because Rugrats. of my children. She's a complete infant, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, what year were you born in? 2000 what? 2000. The year 2000. She's a freaking infant. But she turned 21 <laughs> the on year the show, 2000. by the way. 2000. Okay, she's 21. Okay. I am a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hear her roar. Infant. Uh, so yesterday, uh, we had a, a great opportunity. We talked to uh, uh, Jets Pizza. And they did something really cool. And I, hey. I want to give them some credit. Everybody that walked into Jets Pizza yesterday got a free piece of pizza to celebrate hashtag old normal. Mm-hmm. We walked down Superior and Michigan to Superior to Michigan Wells. Superior, Superior to Wells. On the corner over there, there's a Jets Pizza. It was the closest one to us, mile something, and uh, got ourselves free pizza. It's phenomenal. It was delicious. By the very way, delicious. Shout out to the. And and just so we're clear, they didn't know who we were, nor did they care. Is that fair? We didn't yeah. set this up. We yeah. just walked over to Jets. The guy brought the pizza out to us. Yeah. Hey, you guys can wait right here. I'll run it out to you as soon as it's ready. He goes, I got some fresh ones in the right. oven. Right. Well, and this is kind of all part of the old getting back to hashtag old normal. He, it was a small place. So yeah. It's kind of you just walk in and order. Walk in and order. he was it's, and how, you know, what great service. He was saying, listen, instead of all of you crowding in here. Yeah. Go outside. Yeah, enjoy enjoy the fresh air. Well, I'll bring it out to you. And then we went and sat in a little park. Mm-hmm. Right? Had pizza. Yeah. I love Chicago. All pizza's good. Free pizza, better. It, that's Amazing. why it tasted better. You know, one of the <laughs> things I noticed, though, was that uh, they already were and still doing kind of the blocking off of some of the streets. And we noticed that kind of walking along, that there are different places where restaurants or Bars, I'm assuming, in some cases, did the extension of premises. You know, they put the tables and chairs out in the street, put a little fence around it or something, and let people get out and about and uh, uh, enjoy, if you will, some of this, which is awesome in and of itself. But is that going to be how we revitalize downtown Chicago? Will street fairs, will these extensions, will that be the reason? Will that be the thing? Because Mayor Lightfoot thinks, Judy... That's part of bringing people back downtown. Right. I mean, you know, you're starting from ground zero, right? People haven't been coming downtown, obviously. People aren't working downtown anymore. It's not like you've got this big, you know, you've got your audience ready, and now let's give them something to, you know, keep them occupied. You have to bring people down, back you have to down give them here. a reason. A reason to come. They're not coming. They're not here anymore. And, and you know... When you think of the thousands, tens of thousands of people who work downtown but don't necessarily live down here, but they they use the downtown area. They might not go home right after work. They're, they they mm. want to go out and enjoy a little bit. So I kudos to the city for actually having a plan, first well, this, of all. This is Mayor Lightfoot, her administration, uh, some of their ideas. They want to close three of the city's major streets. Michigan Avenue, summer. State Street. And LaSalle. And LaSalle. And... This is part of helping downtown bounce back from the pandemic. Right. Um, they also want to take a lot of the empty, 
storefronts, which which we we saw. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting. You said you did. We walked, you know, half hour. I probably counted a dozen empty buildings, uh, storefronts boarded up, or you could see where they like peeled the the sign off the wall and they just put paper up in the window. Right. You don't even know what right. used to be in there. You noticed all the ones open. I, I noticed, noticed all the a lot of it open. Well, I noticed a lot of new, new businesses ones. that weren't there before. But this is a great idea with the city. So for these... What do you put in one of these? What do you put in one of them? Well, per, this is a, per, a pop-up store. Okay. What a great Ooh. idea, right? Yeah. So it's not a lot of investment on the person's part. You know, you don't have to have a lot of capital. You do a pop-up and th- we know they're hugely popular. Because this year we've seen what we've had the um, friends pop up. Oh. Uh, we had Should Bleep Creek. Creek. Can't right. say the can't word on the radio, Miranda. I'm so sorry. I, Good. Bleep Creek. Yeah. Um, I which was I awesome. Kid I love. I've said and it a hundred times. People love them. <laughs> people love the pop ups, yeah. and I think that's a great idea. So now you don't have the empty storefront, right? Which doesn't look good. You have something there, even if it's for a while, and you know you can. So I have a Keep question. filling it in. I have a question. So we know that part of old normal and part of growing Chicago is not just the people who live in and around Chicago. It's tourists. It's people from other places. It's people saying, I can't wait to go visit Chicago. That's a huge, huge no doubt. part of the city's budget. Every other city, every other major city is doing the same. New York, L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, Miami, whatever. They're all trying to do the same thing. How does Chicago emphasize its uniqueness? How does Chicago sell Chicago in a way that other cities can't? I, I, I mean, I, it's a million-dollar question. Don't get me wrong. But like that, to me, if we're starting from a blank piece of paper, has to be part of, of, of selling Chicago to non-Chicagoans. Right. Well, and you bring that up because, uh, you know, New York is spending $30 million on a tourism TV campaign. Okay. So they're Chicago's out there not, Yeah, they're not planning some uh, one big flashy element like that. Are they like doing that? a big concert? Clive Davis is going to do some big concert in Central Park. Yeah. And, you know, these types of right. big flashy, da-da, we're back, we're open for business. But Chicago is more the... Come and, you know, enjoy our fests and our concerts and what, you know, we're famous for anywhere in our food and our pizza. Yeah, it's going to be on the smaller scale. But Chicago never, you know, I don't remember them doing a huge tourism campaign anyway. They they had enough tourism. Illinois did it. You know, we told you Navy Pier is the number one tourist in the state. In the state. I mean, Chicago had its reputation i guess and you bring up the violence i'm telling you it did not stop people from coming here Mm. there were years i worked here on michigan avenue where i couldn't even move and nobody was speaking english (laughs) they were were from from? everywhere everywhere oh Uh, my gosh the bridges the bridges are getting difficult again the michigan avenue bridge is already getting difficult yeah it's kind of packed do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's not very wide, the sidewalk. Right. And wait until this is, it was always my favorite. And I didn't mind that when they asked you to take their picture. That was always a big one, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I gotta, always do that, but okay. I take a picture of, like, their shoe. Like, I don't. Oh, you're so oh, mean. You're that person. You yeah. wonder why people call you Brucifer. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> 
They, it's tough to do with phones. I used to, when they hand me a camera, I never take a good picture. I purposely, like, do it zoom in, like, on oh, somebody's nose. Oh, we thought you nose. were doing it on purpose. You, oh, yeah, I most certainly am. Oh, but now is? with the phones, the problem is they look right away. So you're like, mm, tough yeah. to get away with it. Yeah, come on. Be nice. Be nice. Treat the tourists nice. Oh, take a picture of something in the background. He is a streeter villain. I'm yeah, a streeter villain. villain. Yeah. It's my hood. I what? don't know if you noticed yesterday when we were taking our one-mile walk to get the pizza, cheese... There were a couple girls, and they, oh they had their God. phones out, and they were kind of moving their phones around. And so Cheese, being nice, said, oh, you guys playing Pokemon Go? And he said it uh, like three times, and nobody, they looked at him, nobody <laughs> answered. But then I heard him talking. They were not speaking English. So oh I thought, so I said to Cheese, you know, they don't even speak English. So they were, there you go, your first set of tourists. No yeah. Yeah, and... They didn't answer him, which was kind of rude, but yeah, you have to. It is cheese. And let's be honest. You know what? And, you know. They may have been talking a gibberish language just on purpose. Across the street when they see him coming. (laughs) And I would say that if he was in the studio today as well. I'm I'm not speaking ill of him. As a girl, no, I'm telling you, cheese is one of those guys, right? Uh, Miranda, he's like. How you doing? Hey, baby. Hey, you. Hey. How you doing? Hey. And he's just so cute. You just kind of laugh. He's just like, aw. He does smile well, like, at everyone. that height, you know, yeah. they, they do come across a little less threatening, right? <laughs> exactly. And we know he's a hugger. He's already oh, said it. Oh, boy. Yeah. I love his hugs. He gives really good hugs. Here I we really go. This turned it. into the DJ Chisla. <laughs> yeah. Chisla we miss fest. you. Oh, okay. we miss him. Yeah. All right. Time to move on. I am the aforementioned Bruce St. James. It is a lovely day. Oh, Great. Mm-hmm. DJ Miranda. Excellent, excellent work today. Thank you. Thank you. She's with us as well. And you know what? It is a day that uh, uh, I'm sure some people weren't sure when it was going to happen. Weren't sure if it would really happen. We had that uh, Friday, June 11th circled on the calendar. But, you know, they, they'd had other dates and milestones. Right. That did, things Something didn't happen. happen. Things <laughs> pop up or whatnot. But, no, we are here. We are at hashtag old normal. And uh, uh, the city has reopened in many, many ways. One of the things you'll notice right off the bat, those of you going to the Cubs game today, full capacity. And it wow. figures it's on a weekend where we're hosting the Cardinals. That worked out. That's yeah, by, not yeah. by coincidence. Exactly. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Now, what what is interesting, so again, here's something a little interesting. The White Sox say they'll be full capacity on June 25th. So they're waiting. I went to a White hmm. Sox game a couple weeks ago, and again, nothing to judge it on. It was my first White Sox game. But there were a hell of a lot of people there. Yeah. 60% maybe, but I was like, well, do, do they normally, would they normally sell out a one o'clock game against, uh, that was against the Cardinals then? On a, it was like a Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a Friday. R- Friday. Friday, right? yeah, the start of the weekend. Wrigley, yeah. And I mean, and you all know, the restaurants and bars around there, no restrictions on capacity. Right. But full so, disclosure for our listeners, Wrigley Field fully open, Sox Park, not so much yet. Right, and they you will see that it's almost just like a mental note, right? Oh, we're fully open, but that doesn't mean we're fully open. That's confusing as hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like the door was open a little bit. Now it's fully open, but when you come in, there still will be some areas that. Please don't be that person this weekend, because I genuinely feel for employees of businesses that mm-hmm. still have a mask rule. I'm almost positive. That anyone that you come into contact with who reminds you of their mask policy 
it wasn't their idea. And they're not trying policy. to squash your fun. They're right. not being Debbie Downers. Just, that is that is again private bu- if you if you believe yeah. it, which I do. Private businesses can they can ban redheads, which again I point out. I think <laughs> For they should. Example. I think they should. Yeah. <laughs> well, they Come steal on. your soul if you look directly oh, in their eyes. Redheads something steal happened. Your soul. Really? Something yeah, happened. Don't ever look directly in a childhood with a redhead. Yeah. If you go to the Field Museum, okay. Which many people, people will. will. It's going to be open late. Uh, extended hours. Extended hours. Great. But you will still have to wear your mask. Still require a mask. They're requiring it. Okay. That's just the way it goes. That's nice. If you go decision. to Lincoln Park Zoo, I'm thinking you won't have to wear your mask. I don't know the answer. I mean, I But I'm hoping that Navy Pier, they made me wear my mask just to walk along in the outside. Outside, yeah. And I got to tell you, it's part of that, come on, man, where... No, but seriously, where I am walking along. So I walked, you know, you walked in Navy Pier. I walk right down Illinois, and Illinois kind of dead ends right there. At, you know, you, you cross a little sidewalk. Yeah. And once you cross a little sidewalk, you're at Navy Pier. And there was a guy standing there that said, you got to put your mask on. So I could walk all the way down Illinois. But once I got to Navy Pier, I'd put my mask on. And I'm like, what the hell's the difference between the air over there than the air over here? I get it because of the little kiddos running around without masks on or without the vaccine. No! I was here during a weekday in the middle of the day. All right, I've got good news for you. I've got good news, guys. On Friday, June 11th, that would be today. Yeah, that's Navy Pier will no longer be requiring face masks on site. However. Why do you always have to do the (laughs) qualifier? They are still welcome. I love the way that's worded. The masks are still welcome and encouraged based on the comfort level. Encourage all you guess. want. Okay, that's fine. I'll be okay. I'm unencouraged. So go for it. You might want to take your mask off and let it fly away in the wind. Oh, wait, don't do that because if I see it on my lawn, I'm going to get really upset. <laughs> How many masks did we see during our walk right? yesterday? Through de- through over At least two- five. Like dirty masks on the ground. She just tried to pick one up. You even yelled at me, Bruce, you almost stepped on that. I said, Bruce, you almost stepped on that syringe. Yeah, like it was. Because that was the best thing I've ever heard. It's exactly like. It's like running into a dirty needle on the street. Yes, dirty needle. And I didn't want you to step on it and draw blood. Well, lots of things have reopened, obviously. I think a lot of folks. I use this on. I I say it respectfully. I think there was a mental thing that comes along with this because from from a practical standpoint, you know, the Field Museum was already open. Mm-hmm. Navy Pier was already open. Restaurants are already open. I think it's what our guest said earlier. What it means, it's you can feel, you can be in a group of people. Right. And don't feel bad about it. If but you're vaccinated, you're good. in your mind because right. yesterday to today, nothing changed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Other than the calendar flipped yeah, over. We didn't need the city to tell us that, but they are right. telling us that. They're saying go enjoy yourself in a big group of people. Because now you can. Maybe you don't need to have your faith in humanity restored because today is hashtag old normal day. Mm-hmm. But Judy says she can do it anyway. Hit I can it. make your day happier. Okay. So love, it's a wonderful thing, especially right. the second time around. And it can be all the more special if you don't remember the first time. Let me explain. <laughs> for Peter Marshall, who suffers from early onset Alzheimer's, forgetting his past has meant a bittersweet chance to fall in love with his wife, Lisa, and ask her to marry him all over again. Now, they've been married for 12 years. At 56, his illness has progressed rapidly, but no matter what turn his condition takes, Lisa remains by his side because even if he can't remember her name, he knows that he loves her and that she loves him. She says she doesn't know 
she says he doesn't know that she is his wife. She's just his favorite person. So last winter, as the Connecticut couple sat on the couch watching a televised wedding, Peter had an inspiration. Not realizing that they were already married, he proposed. And a surprise, Lisa happily accepted. She says it was perfect, this second marriage. She couldn't have dreamt for a better day. It was so magical. She says she can't remember seeing him so happy for so long. And she is the luckiest girl in the world. You know what I say? He's the lucky one to have her by his side. What we wouldn't do for the people we love, right? What a cute story. Right? Go out there, be happy, love your neighbor and your spouse. Thank you for restoring our faith in humanity. We also thank uh, MG and the posse over there in Mission Control for hitting all of of the buttons. Mm -hmm. Infant producer Miranda. Nice who came job, in on this Miranda. side of the Dillard Plain Bulletproof class. She is within firing distance today. Watch out. She still <laughs> made it, right? Um, and, of course, Nick Gale. Nick's sticking around. He's got a few more uh, few more times he's going to deliver the news, traffic, and information for you before he can get out about and do his hashtag old normal on the farm. Okay, my guess is nothing much, nothing much changed over there. You don't need to wear a mask on a, on a John Deere. But exactly. Nick will get you updated on everything you need to know. Have an awesome weekend right here on 890 WLS.